Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. We are back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing episode. I'm very excited today because we're going to be talking with Ford Blakely, who is the founder and CEO of Zingle. We'll tell you about Zingle in just a moment. But I do want to encourage you, if you have any questions, if you want to tell your story, all you have to do is go on any of the social media channels. Use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer all of your questions either on the show or one of the other channels that we focus on social media. We do Twitter, Facebook, and I even have the TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, and you can get that on uh, Amazon Prime, Roku. You can even go to my YouTube channel, Shep.TV, and we've got copies of the episodes there as well. So we've got Ford Blakely in the house, and uh, let me tell you why I'm intrigued by Ford, because uh, when I was looking at the bio and the topics that we could talk about, I just want to highlight the first bullet point. Ford believes that convenience is the centerpiece of customer service and experience. You know, like the movie Jerry Maguire, when she says, you had me at hello. Well, he had me in that first (laughs) sentence in the fourth word, which is convenience. Ford, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Shep. Let me me counter that and tell you that you complete me. (laughs) There you go. I am also a super fan of what you've done for sort of the shout out to the, to the convenience revolution. You know, since I was a kid, I've been a convenience fanatic and I, and I truly do believe that convenience gets overlooked and it is the heartbeat of what matters in business and what's the, what, what businesses should be doing to drive good customer experience. So thanks for having me. Well, thanks. So I'm intrigued. So as a kid, you were in, and how did you know back then that that's what you wanted? You know, I didn't, I think you just, I was born with it and I had a mathematical mind to be a problem solver. And I remember pretty distinctly when I was probably about 12 years old. And this is, this is, you know, I think you can break down the elements of convenience. I think you've done a good job in your book. But for me, when I would go on a family trip, I remember when, you know, my mom would always sort of say, Ford, don't forget to pack your toothbrush and your toothpaste. And I kind of felt to myself like, well, this is stupid. Why am I having to pack two different things that sort of be merged in one? And I came to my mom when I was 12. I go, mom, I think there should be a, a toothbrush that could combine toothpaste and toothbrush. And you just sort of squeeze the, the handle. And my, and my family at the time was like, well, four, that's your 12. Um, you know, give it some time. And I said, heck with that. And so I went and got an inventor's book at, um, you know, I think this is before Barnes and Noble and researched how to create products. And, you know, if I look back at my journey from 12 to 18 to 22, Everything that I've sought out to problem solve has been about convenience. So oh, it's, wow. fun for, it's, it's fun for me to see this, this now big spotlight on, on you know, the Uber economy of how important convenience and everything is. So really, really happy to be here and a big fan of you. Well, well thank you so much. So here, this is a trivia question. We'll see if you know the answer. Uh, the <laughs> line was, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's feed tuna uh, mayonnaise and then we'll can it after that. It, you know, instant tuna <laughs> Tuna salad, something like that. What movie was that from? I don't know, but I hate mayonnaise. So okay, why? <laughs> That's why I don't like. I hate mayonnaise. But but uh, no, the movie was Night Shift with Henry Winkler and uh, uh, Michael Keaton, and and he says, oh, I've got, I'm a, I'm an inventor. I got a great idea. You know, everybody has they they can the tuna, then they got to make the tuna salad. Why don't we just start feed the tuna mayonnaise? <laughs> Exactly. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple how you can combine two things that take extra effort 
that's convenience. And for me, you know, it's convenience can be an element of, you know, two things you have to combine it can be an element of time. It can be an element of extra friction you have to go through. So that's a great example. I don't know that movie, but I'll check it out. All right. It's kind of funny. Night shift, Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton. All right. CEO of Zingle. Tell us about Zingle. Yeah. So Zingle is a business messaging uh, platform. So we provide uh, businesses the ability to text and message their customers at any channel that they want. And it's super important to think about the omni channels. You think about text, Facebook messenger, WeChat, you know, at the end of the day, I am a huge advocate for the consumer. And so for me, when I invented this idea, it was all about creating convenience and low friction for the customer to get what they want. So back in 2009, we invented the first platform that allowed customers to text for the requests at their favorite coffee shop, to text for their car at their favorite valet shop. And it's just, it's just grown exponentially over the last sort of nine to 10 years into a major enterprise platform that um, large hotel brands like Hyatt, Great Wolf Lodge, um, uh, Way Watchers are all using it as a medium to connect with their customers in the moment of need. So it's uh, a messaging uh, app. Yes. Yep. And I, I have a few notes. I want you to tell the coffee story because I think that'll kind of summarize how it started and, and really what got you on the path to making this something that's really pretty big right now. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to tell the story. I think what uh, is important to, to highlight is, you know, if you think about my time when I was a 12 year old kid, you know, from the moment I can remember, I always enjoyed problem solving and problem solving on things that I they could have that I could improve convenience. And so I, I was a pretty successful guy in investment banking and financial consulting. And every day I would commute to work and I'd wait in the same coffee shop for 10, 15 minutes for my favorite coffee. And I was looking around the room and, and at everybody standing in line and everybody was on Blackberries and texting each other for, for immediate personal convenience. And I looked at this business and said, why can't I just text in my coffee order at this coffee shop? It'll save me 15 minutes. I won't have to wait in line and I will come here every day. It'll and be waiting for you when you get there. Yeah. And it just, just the light bulb went off and I, and I, and I, and I asked around, I went to a couple software companies and I, and I had to assume that somebody had the ability to text the business. And to my just absolute surprise, there was nothing out there that, that allowed for that to happen. And I said, screw it. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go create this product because I felt like there was a huge need. And I think a lot of technologists, I think overlook the obvious. And I think that was my, that was my calling card. And so, you know, I created the first business texting platform that allowed me to text in my morning coffee on my way to work. And then boom, everything just, you know, compounded from there. Right. So you were, you were, it had a solid job, investment banking, probably wore a suit when you went to work. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and you, you just dropped it. I mean, that, let's, let's, we're going to break away from the whole customer service experience thing. I want to know, uh, because I mean, I, people think entrepreneurs, how do you do it? You know, I did this when I was young and someone once said, well, that was easy for you. You didn't have a wife and kids to take care of. I go, well, maybe I didn't have a wife or kid to take care of, but I had a mouth to feed. It was mine. You know, I had to pay for my apartment, you know, that's rent. And yeah, I took a chance. Tell me about the mindset of taking the chance that you did. Because you had really, uh, I mean, where'd you go to college? I went to uh, Furman University in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. I got a master's in accounting. So I was, I was long on finance. Yeah. I mean, how do you throw that away, so to speak, or drop it? I bet your parents are going, oh, my God, what is he doing? 
they were they they you know i have a family of entrepreneurs so they they got it they probably didn't think i was as crazy as, I, as, as most people would but honestly shit my i give a lot of credit to my spouse um you know i was really far along in my career on the forefront of, of partnership and i just kept bumping into this this i was so pissed off every day at this coffee shop and to backpedal a little bit is, you know, I think some guys and, and, and women at night, you know, they find their solace in reading or doing crossword puzzles or Sudoku. And for me, I would sit down at night and take a problem of something that pissed me off during the day, something I felt was inconvenient. And I would solve the equation. And literally over three years of creating these books of things that, that pissed me off, when I got to the sort of the, the climax of my finance career, my wife looks to me and she's like, babe, you've got three to four books of ideas here. Pick the book that pisses you, you know, pick the idea that pisses you off the most and let's go create it. And every day, the coffee shop frustration just eat, kept eating away at me. <laughs> and, and I talked to enough software people and, you know, I think there's something, Shep, about entrepreneurs that they're afraid to kind of go into uncharted waters because they don't know what they don't know. But in, in my regard, and this is a lesson I learned from some of my family members, that sometimes what you don't know can be your best ally. Exactly. You, yeah. You may not know how hard it is. Well, that's good. That, that's part of it. When I was young and, and uh, you know, didn't know what I was doing, that may have been the best thing is that I didn't know just how hard it was, but nobody told me it was. So I just kept going till it became Absolutely. successful. Absolutely. You just have to, you just, you have the will to win and you have the will to solve something. And that's what always drove me. So I love it. You're, you're, you're a problem solver. And I also hear, as long as we were talking movies, uh, one word, she said it to her husband, win. Adrian Taraki. <laughs> I got I got I got to go back in time. Nightline and Rocky. I, I need some more modern day trivia. I know. I, I don't know why this is coming to me. I never worked at a blockbuster. I mean, I, I'm not that big of a movie buff, but no, you, you know, I love it. Your wife was an encouraging aspect. And by the way, that's a big big risk, you know, and and uh, you you really did take a big risk and I I applaud that your partner, and I will not call her your wife. She is uh, that's what the traditional term is, but she's your partner in this. And at least uh, psychologically, she became your partner because without that validation, without that, um, you know, confirmation that the person who you probably care about and love more than just about anyone looks at you and says, go do it. You can do it. And, and by golly, you did. So congratulations. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get back on the customer service and experience track. We're going to find out about how technology can support what you're doing in business. So everybody, we are talking with our new best friend, Ford Blakely. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Ford Blakely of Zingle, but let's get back into convenience. I mean, I love the story that you told. I love your entrepreneurial venture, but really, uh, you and I have that mutual passion. Uh, at the break, you mentioned that you felt convenience really started coming on, oh, probably about 10 15 years ago. So let's go there and let's talk about why you think that's the case. Yeah. So uh, to, to clarify, you know, when I started the company, I felt like convenience was not at the, at the, at the forefront. I sort of feel that convenience has started to come more in front and center of the last, I'd say five to six years. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I started the company Shep, it was frustrating. It was frustrating for me because I literally started this as a, as a champion for the consumer. You know, at the time, texting was considered to be, you know, low tech, not necessarily intelligent tech. And when I had the idea of being able to text in your order for convenience, low friction, and by the way, because you can dictate exactly what you want. Remember, I told you I hate mayonnaise. If you ever ordered a sandwich and they put mayonnaise on it, it's the worst thing ever. I know. So the I'm con- not eating mayonnaise. Go yeah. On. So the yep. yeah. So the idea of being able to sort of control what you want and in the, the hands of and the power of the consumer felt like everything to me. And I can't tell you for how many years I had serious headwinds of people that did not embrace texting the business was a good idea. And here's why, because the world was enchanted with the mobile app. If you think about 2010, 2011, 2012, if you open up the Wall Street Journal, just about every article was about this brand starting a new mobile app. So the world was enchanted through the media about what they thought they should want, which was a downloadable app. But to me, it sort of broke every constitution of what the convenience is because I don't want to have 500 apps on my phone for every business that I want to right. interact every with. Every time you, yeah. And it's kind of like loyalty cards. You know, why, you know, people sign up for loyalty programs, uh, but there's only so many actual cards and numbers they can keep, uh, you know. Now, today, companies are used, figure out how to use the phone to put those all in there. But the point is, it should be easy. So you're right. Uh, too many apps, not good. Fewer, the better. Yes. So anyway, can, can continue on your idea here because I think you're onto something. You said five or six years ago. What happened five or six years ago where convenience for at least you started to come to light? Yeah, so in my opinion, there were, there were two things that happened. Uh, one was I think the, the, the emergence of the review economy where the consumer started to have a, a voice where Yelp became something, where TripAdvisor became something, where social media became something. Before that, businesses dictated the terms of how their consumers wanted to interact with them. And there wasn't really an outlet for people to, to share. And so when, these, when, these, when the review economy came out, it really put the power back into the hands of the consumer of them being an advocate for what they want. So you started seeing you know, more comments about, hey, the app doesn't work, I don't download the app, and I wish there was a way I could get this a lot easier. That's step one. Step two is I think the, you know, the, the mindset of the Amazon, the Uber, the Instacart just started to create this convenience and immediacy just, just, spot, just completely blew up everyone's mind that, wow, it's not necessarily about, about what the business does and what they create, but it's how they're delivering their service. And you know, I always say, you know, Amazon wasn't the first online shopping cart. Right. Uber wasn't the first, you know, car service. Instacart mm-hmm. wasn't the first grocery thing, but they all invested heavily into the convenience factor. And that's what's basically has created like 
you know, most of their market share and demand. So those two elements to me is sort of putting the power in the hands of the consumer to advocate for what he or she wants. And this explosion of convenience and on demand has just changed the game for business owners. So a couple of things. I don't think that if you look back at Uber's plan, they actually use the word convenience. Um, I could be wrong about that. Uh, but that's what it became. I think what they were looking for was to create an easier solution to a, uh, what really in some cases was a problem. I think they, they identified, like you had that book where you just identified problems. My problem was with Uber, I'm living in the suburbs. I need a taxi or I need transportation to get me to the airport. I've got to call the taxi company. They're going to tell me it's 15 or 20 minutes. I can't tell whether it really is or it isn't. And after 20 minutes, I'm going to call them back and say, where's my taxi? And they're going to say, oh, I just uh, talked to the driver. He's two minutes away or she's two minutes away. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But Uber, because of technology, took advantage of it. And we were able to see everything. And I think to your point, you know, uh, and even when you look at Amazon, Amazon didn't have the first shopping cart. Matter of fact, Amazon didn't have a proprietary system to communicate to the world, nor did Uber. The internet had already been invented. They just jumped on it and they played it, you know, to, to work in their favor. I think the convenience revolution, and, and, and you know from reading the book, started back in the 500 AD uh, time frame when Justinian the Great declared there would be a basically a convenience store at the corner of every mm-hmm. major intersection, which back in the Byzantine Empire, I mean, intersections were probably quite a distance apart, but it was the, his words were translated, uh, selling life's necessities for the convenience of the citizens. And, and then we actually had real convenience stores start in the 1920s when Southland, who eventually became uh, 7-Eleven, uh, started selling items. By the way, a little bit higher price. Now, Uber's pricing model is a little bit lower price, but you know, because of technology, they're able to create some economies of scale. Same thing with Amazon. They didn't have physical locations and they didn't have to pay for you know, a mall location where a Barnes and Noble or any of the other bookstores, they had to. And uh, that was a way to reduce cost and they created a more convenient solution. You can come online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, find the book that you want. They were just a bookstore back in the beginning. Uh, and we have all of them compared to a bookstore that can only have so many based on how many square feet of retail space they have. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, have you de- we'll have it delivered to you so you don't have to come and pick it up. You don't have to get in your car. It's very convenient. And th- that's what happened. So my take on this, and I'd love your response to this, is that while maybe five, seven, ten, or even uh, almost a hundred years ago with Southland, um, I think there was convenience that was being built in, but it really didn't become the demand of the consumer or any type of customer for that matter mm-hmm. until maybe in the last year or two. Uh, my big uh, platform that when I start a speech and I'm talking to my clients about this, I just make this point right up front. Customers don't compare you to your direct competitor. Even if you compete against your direct competitor, they're comparing you to the best service they receive from anyone. And the companies that are offering the most convenient service are the ones that are starting to disrupt the competition and shake up their industries a little bit. I love that. You know, I, I, I position it a different way. You know, we, we target a lot of hospitality brands. So mm-hmm. like I mentioned, you know, Hyatt and some of these large global brands. And when I, when I, when I talked to the audience in the hospitality business, I said, look, you don't compete with Uber, Amazon, or Instacart, but every single one of your guests that travels through your hotel has that experience with those other brands. So you're competing with that similar guest experience. Yeah. 
And they're saying, why can't I get that from you? Yes. And so albeit that you are not directly competitors, you're competitive with that same experience. And I think it's something that every business owner that's, that's out there should be thinking about is how do I differentiate? How do I kind of align with these, with a better customer experience? And it needs to be driven around convenience, in my opinion. Hence my six convenience principles. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I know people, what are those? And so basically it's just simply reduce friction. That's, that's the first principle and it's within all six, but you reduce friction, self-service, give control to the customer, use technology if you can to drive a better experience create a subscription model where people pay a fee and things just show up when they're supposed to, like clockwork, deliver it to the customer and be accessible to the customer. There, there's my big pitch for my book, The Convenience Revolution. But this is really about you, not about me. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how you can be convenient for your customers. And I want to get into this concept about uh, your thoughts on how you know technology can possibly uh, cause you to lose that personal connection that you want to create with your customer. Let's talk about how to not lose that connection, but use technology. We'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Ford Blakely and this concept that if you do too much with technology, if you separate yourself, and I know that's what your whole company is. Zingle is a technology company. It's a messaging app. It is a communication app, which allows you to communicate directly, but uh, it's like, hey, I'm doing it so it's more convenient so I don't have to stand in line and experience uh, the time suck that that might have. But also what I miss is seeing that, you know, if it's a coffee shop, talking to the barista behind the counter, interacting with him or her, I lose that connection. Companies are worried that technology is going to take away from that uh, personal interaction, connection, that emotional connection. What are your thoughts on that? It's, a, it's an important concern. I, see, I do see companies that are using technology, uh, I think, too aggressively. And I think, Shep, for me, if you think about convenience, there's convenience for, you know, for the benefit of the consumer and there's convenience for the benefit of the business. And they're both important. But I think you have to think about that balance between the two. And where I really dig, dig down is like, I think the default is doing what's, what's best for the consumer. And I can give you multiple examples. I remember, you know, last week when I was hobbling around on my crutches, I was at a, at a restaurant and they had gone completely uh, kiosk driven ordering. And it was really frustrating. They, they, the kiosk were, took forever to order. There was people that were sitting behind the counter and they would not help you. And I was looking at them going, why are you creating this, this friction and this huge line when you have somebody sitting there looking at me that could clearly take my order as a guy who's on crutches who could kind of handle this? So 
there's a breakdown between too much technology, not understanding how do I make this convenient for the customer versus trying to make it convenient for the business. So in my opinion, the default is always do what's best for the consumer. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, here's, here's, you know, my thought is the balance comes uh, when, you know, the company, well, it, the balance is disrupted when the company becomes so enamored with the technology. Yes. That they just, oh, that's so cool. We'll start doing it. We'll start doing it. And they really, it needs to be tested and it needs to be, by the way, uh, if, if I'm a store or a restaurant, like you're talking about with a kiosk ordering system, and I decide to put this in, I think it's a good idea. I better watch how people respond. I think but we probably should have gotten to that point before we actually installed it, but right. uh, and and recognize, hey, there's reasons why you you know you see a guy walking in on crutches, and by the way, everybody should know you you, you tore your Achilles tendon, um, hey, doing it. <laughs> so it's not like you know it's uh, you know, a terrible. I mean, had a car accident. No, that would be terrible. But no, you were you were having fun when it happened. Sports injury, and exactly how old are we now? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I'm 21 still, apparently. We want to think that way anyway. But but seriously, I, I get it. That's what happens. I also want to add that, you know, while we're while the default is always to make it easier for the customer, I want you to think that the that there it should also be easy for the uh employee as well. Uh I'm just just uh this past Sunday, and I know the recording is going to come out. Our show will come out two or three weeks from today when we're actually doing it. But uh, just last Sunday, I wrote an article and I had seven friction points that customers experience. And it, it, they experience in all areas of business. But since the guy that I was working with that day, it was a lot about the support center world. And then we looked at the friction that's happening internally. For example, let's talk about messaging since that's what Zingle is. Uh, maybe the customer comes in on that messaging app. Maybe they come in on uh, an email. Maybe they come in on uh, a, a Twitter or, or Facebook comment. So what happens is these reps have five and six windows open on their computer, and they're, they're constantly switching from app to app to app. And I said years ago, somebody's going to make a whole lot of money when they figure out for the employee how all of this can come into one place and it looks exactly the same, but at the bottom it says this came in off of this channel, okay? Mm -hmm. We were talking about how to create a channelless experience. Whatever the customer wants, they can get into us any way they want. And as the employee, it becomes easier. I think you've got to figure out ways to also reduce the friction for the employee as well. What's happening on the inside is felt on the outside. Make it hard on the, on the employee. The customer could suffer, even if it's just a tiny little bit. No, I agree. I, if, 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 uh, if I had to rebalance that, I think that it's a 60-40 mix. I, really, I, I do believe that the employee is an incredible part of the equation. But I do feel that sometimes businesses sometimes over-index on what's sometimes best for the business operations. Agree with that. Yep. At, at, at the dispense of the consumer. And they're both need to be looked at in tandem. But I think if there was a tiebreaker, in my opinion, the tiebreaker should go to the consumer. Always. Always go to the customer. Yes. All right. So we are about out of time. And I always do the one thing question. And that's simply, what is the one thing that you would love to share with this audience that... Uh, if you can leave one thing, what would it be? And by the way, you can emphasize something you've already mentioned or give us something new. Yeah. So I think I'd like to sort of uh, finish with where I started. I, you know, for me, Shep, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your industry of trade is. If you listen to yourself and what you have a, a deep core passion about, 
you know, I realized pretty early on that I was a problem solver and I was a convenience seeker. And at the time, it wasn't a buzzword. And a lot of people weren't talking about it, but I, I, I paid attention to it. And for me, the thing that I would want your audience to take away is it doesn't matter what industry that you're in. It doesn't matter. You know, don't let people tell you that you can't go start a business. If you have the passion and the will to solve something, sometimes what you don't know can be your biggest ally. For me, I had no background in software. I had no background on technology. I crunched numbers and you know, knew my debits and credits like the back of my hand. But at the end of the day, I was a huge champion for the consumer, and that's been my North Star for a long, long time. Okay, and that those are words to live by. It's all, I mean, you may have a passion for whatever it is you have a passion for, but you have to be thinking about that consumer, that customer. You put them at the North Star, and you head that direction, and a lot of of the success can come as a result of just that type of thinking. Ford, thanks so much for being on our show. Uh, Awesome. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Jeff, I appreciate you having me, and I'm a huge fan, and uh, let's talk again soon. I can't wait. Everybody, that wraps up another episode of the show. You know, next week, we're going to have another amazing interview, so be sure to tune back in. And remember, until that time, Shep Hyken here reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.